So mighty God, we ask that you would make that scripture real to us today, that we would be renewed by the truth of it, that we would be shaped um, by the reality of a hope in you that does not disappoint. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to open today with a story about my husband, Tyler, and he comes out pretty well, in fact, so well that he invited his buddies to be here today that are part of this story also. So welcome the Commons and Washco's support crew to this whole story and team. So my husband, Tyler, and his buddies over there and some other guys got this crazy idea to do a bike ride called the Markleyville Death Ride. Note the title a death ride, 130 miles over five peaks, an elevation gain of 15,000 feet in the Sierra Nevada mountains of Northern California in mid-July heat. As Tyler puts it, sounds like fun. (laughs) They started riding at 4 a.m. by headlamp. And late in the day, Tyler pulled over at an aid station. He was about halfway up the fifth and final peak. He had heard that his friends had already called it a day somewhere maybe around peak four, and he reports that his legs were completely giving out. His shoulders hurt, his back hurt, his hands and feet hurt. He especially felt the caboose was too tired. (laughs) The ride just wasn't fun anymore. He thought, I'm going to ask someone about that last climb. Just how difficult is the rest of this climb? So he scanned the group of exhausted riders and picked someone who looked like he knew what he was doing and asked, just how difficult is the rest of the climb? The guy turned to him and responded with an extremely thick Antonio Banderas type of Spanish accent. Oh, my friend, you must continue. You can do it. Take much gas, by which Tyler thought he meant fuel or food. You'll be so happy you have continued. Do not turn back now. You must go on. So Tyler thought, if Antonio Banderas is telling me I can do it, maybe I should try. So he grabbed a snack, put it in his uh, jersey, got back in the saddle, and kept pedaling and hoping to see the summit. He made it to the top, and here's the jersey to prove it. He did the death ride. I've got accessories for this sermon, so you've got to bear with me here. Here it is. Yep, he got the jersey. <laughs> so, in today's scripture, it's Israel that's on a death march, and they need hope and encouragement. After generations of oppression, they've become refugees, walking away a long way toward a new homeland that only seems to be a promise. They're discouraged, and in this 40th chapter, hope rings out as Isaiah reminds them of the power of God saying, Have you not heard? Do you not know? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow weary. He gives power to the faint, and he strengthens the powerless. Even youths, like energetic 7th and 8th grade boys, shall be weary. Young men will stumble, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Isaiah and this sermon are going to emphasize two things. One, all people, even young people, grow weary. 
God doesn't. God renews. I want to take a moment to speak to the older generation and then to the younger. And some of you are asking, well, which one am I in? If you have to ask, The word I want to use to describe the older generation is resistant. Did you know that baby boomers are passing up senior discounts because they, I guess I mean we, refuse to be called seniors? Instead, we cling to the claim that 60 is the new 50. At this summer's Global Leadership Summit, Craig Groeschel caught my attention as he spoke to the older generation, saying, you can contribute to God's plan. Your best days are still before you. God values maturity, even if it seems like our culture doesn't. The next generation needs you. And now to the younger generation. The word Groeschel used to describe you is entitled. Ouch. Entitlement causes you to overestimate what you can do in the short run and underestimate what you can accomplish in a lifetime of faithfulness. Isaiah bridges this generation gap, saying to all of us, you're all going to get tired. Put your hope in the Lord who never wearies. Let me tell you what happened when the folks in the Abraham Project in Costa Rica waited on the Lord. Over the past few years, dozens of Belpress high school students have gone on a mission trip to Costa Rica. In the summer of 2011, when our students arrived at the Abraham Project, many of them were assigned the task of painting boards all day, every day, for a week. When they left, there were stacks of painted boards and stacks of boards still waiting to be painted. Yet somehow, our kids came home encouraged, knowing that they made a difference, even if they never got to see the final product. Did I mention that these were teenagers from that entitled generation that expects an instant answer to every text message? The folks at the Abraham Project have a contagious hope in the Lord. They felt that God was calling them to build a beautiful community for abandoned children. They had many children, lots of volunteers, lots of faith, but not much money. The price of wood in Costa Rica was beyond reach. So they hoped and prayed, and God provided pallets, hundreds and thousands of pallets. Do you not know? Have you not heard? God renews pallets. So hope and prayer, people, pallets, and paint led to these amazing buildings, homes, a school, a community center, all made out of pallets that were to be discarded. God renews pallets, but what about people? Here's the story of one of our high school students on our video. Hi, I'm Lizzie, and I'm a 10th grader, and I would love to share my story. I was seven years old when I got adopted from Ethiopia, and that is when I first came to First Press. My parents died when I was a kid, and so my oldest sister, she put us to adoption, and that is when my mom adopted us on Valentine's Day, 
which is pretty cool because it's like the day of love and I got a whole a new family to love. Well, my family's pretty epic, especially my mom. She supports me in everything I do and she adopted us and like she she's single and she did all of this hard work because she wanted more excitement and she got a lot of excitement, I'm pretty sure. And my grandparents, they are amazing. They support me in everything I do and they will come to all my games and they are just, they're just amazing people. This past summer I went to Costa Rica for the second time and I loved it because I got to serve, I got to listen to stories and I got to hang out with my friends. So on the first day of Costa Rica we got to visit the children's home and it was really cool because it's an actual home where kids live and there's like parents in it and it was just really cool and it's like beautifully made. So on that night we were doing small groups and we were reflecting on the day and I was thinking about how like our, my story is a little bit similar than, to theirs because I, got, I was getting adopted into a really good family and these kids get to get adopted into a really good family too and it's, like, it's all about how God has plans for us and how grateful we should be about it. Seeing the kids in Costa Rica made me realize that the world is not perfect but it, sh it also made me realize that we should never give up on our hope in God's plans for us because I know God's plan is amazing and I'm just really excited to learn more of it. I'm really grateful that the world's not perfect because then I wouldn't, like, without all the suffering I've had and all these pain I've had, then I wouldn't be who I am now and I wouldn't have all these family I love and all these friends I have and I wouldn't have all these experiences and I just get to be who I am now and I get to, like, experience more of God's plan in me and I love being able to share my story now. So that's Lizzie. Have you not known? Have you not heard? God renews. But there is more to this story. There's even a whole second generation. I was on a mission trip a long while ago with a woman, and it was her first mission trip. She was a CPA, and she was a little anxious about this mission trip, and maybe a little anxious about what God was doing with her life as a single woman. She was a deacon, and she was hopeful. Let me tell you about the further adventures of Denine Blake. She felt called to be a mom. Eight years ago, as Lizzie's sister in Ethiopia realized that she didn't have the resources to support Lizzie and her sister Melody, Denine, on the other side of the world, completed adoption papers. Here are Denine's words. It seemed more like a case of God speeding things along so that I didn't have a chance to freak out and change my mind. I got the idea in the middle of June. Paperwork and a referral for my girls were accepted in October. Then the Ethiopian courts decided to blanket approve all paperwork from that agency and take a month off. <laughs> so in December, I found out that I was to go and pick them up in the beginning of February, right in the middle of the annual audit, said as only a CPA could say. <laughs> Do you not know? Have you not heard? God renews. 
There's no circumstance beyond his reach. His face is never turned away. We can trust that God never tires of providing for each of us. As Lizzie said so well, the world is not perfect, but we should never give up on the hope in God's plan for us. There are mountains that are far too high for us to pedal over, aren't there? And my guess is that the voices that we carry in our minds don't sound much like the encouraging words of Antonio Banderas, but more like a disappointed coach or maybe a condemning parent. Here's the good news. Those who hope in the Lord switch out their lack of strength for the Lord's unending strength. It's like God comes alongside us when we're spent, when we're pulled over at the side and says, here, put on the jersey. I've already finished this race. I can change out your tired legs for my new legs, my leg strength, my power, my energy, like a rocket booster. But here's the catch, friends. Remember that we kind of want to go where we want to go. And if we could only align ourselves, only kind of put our hope in Jesus and go where he wants us to go, we're going to get this tailwind, this rocket booster. We're going to get the whole power of God, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is going to take us where God wants us to go. Remember that Jesus turned water into wine at the end of a wedding feast and it was the best wine they'd had all night? It's that same thing when we surrender our lives to Jesus, when we put our hope in God, not in ourselves or our false little gods or our little plans, then God exchanges our weakness for his strength. The Apostle Paul even brags about his weakness as though in weakness there becomes more room for God. As Eugene Peterson says, there's more room for Christ's power to move in, to make its home in us to lift us up as though we were soaring with wings like an eagle, not flapping around like a chicken, as I often do. When we align our hope with God's hope, with Christ's power, we will soar with wings like eagles. We'll run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not faint. We will have the very power of God at work through us. In modern Hebrew, these words about power and soaring translate to mighty and valiant and even airplane. And now the mischief begins. This brings us to our response to the promise that those who put their hope in the Lord will soar. Have you heard that God renews? What about you? Do you want to be renewed? Do you feel like a splintered palate, a worn-out athlete, or an abandoned kid? Do you have dreams that are waiting on the sidelines? Do you long to receive God's power to soar? Is there someone you, you know, you love, that needs this hope that does not disappoint? I want to invite you and welcome you into this renewal in your own life. And I want you to take out your bulletin. It's going to be renewed. It's going to be a symbol for us today. You might notice that on the front of your bulletin, there's kind of these little dotted lines. What are those, those looking like anything you might have ever done with a bulletin before? I bet many of you have done this. I'm inviting you to rip off the cover of your bulletin. And I see there's a little, Tim's anticipated this already in the front row. Uh-huh, he figured it out when he saw the dotted lines. 
Maybe there's, you want to write on there, you want to think about who needs this kind of renewal or where in your life you need this renewal, because I'm going to invite you to make this into a paper airplane. I mentioned to Scott Dudley that I was working on a sermon, and you don't have to follow the lines. If you want to do your own kind of airplane, that's okay. Just note that it's a square paper, so you may not have used a square paper before. I was talking to Scott about this sermon. I said, Scott, I'm working so hard on this sermon, this revival sermon. It's on renewal. And his, his advice to me was, Kendi, fun is renewing. Go have fun. So, seems like to me we should all have fun. God's calling us to get out of our comfort zone. Kind of put the renewal, the new, into renewal. So, to make a paper airplane, wow, this is challenging here. You guys in the modern service have got that challenging bulletin. Okay, here we go. Um, so to make a paper airplane and not fly it, that would be kind of, you know, a crime, wouldn't it? So at the end of our service today, we're going to fly our paper airplanes. And if your plane takes a nosedive, know that your prayers don't. <laughs> So just hook your prayers onto that plane, and we're going to have these planes around campus. You might see them kind of in another form, and maybe they'll be a reminder to you uh, of the way that you want to be renewed or the person that you're praying for. Or maybe you want to take your plane home, pick up someone else's plane that you like better, whatever, and let it remind you that God longs for us to soar with wings like an eagle. And if God does something, and I know he will, with some of these prayers, some of these longings, Scott Dudley would really like to hear your stories, even if it seems so tiny. We just want to know that God's doing something out there. So if you could let us know about those stories. Okay, as you continue folding, I'm going to pray for us. So mighty God, I thank you that you are not simply an idea, that you are actually present in our lives, that you long for us to turn our face to you, that, that you empower us. Lord, I thank you that you have a vision for our lives that's far bigger, far more adventuresome than the little plans we have for ourselves. So God, send the power of your Holy Spirit that each one of these prayers, each one of these planes might represent a way that we will soar. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to be a people who are a light set on a hill who are um, the hands, the feet, the voice of Jesus to one another, to our community, and to the world. So God, may all whom you love know your endless energy, your tireless love, and the power of the resurrection in us and through us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.